welcome to the First Issue Club. We are your weekly comic book podcast. We're just like Sue Storm. We love a good read. We're accessible. We're inviting. Mm-hmm. We're talking about first issues so you can have your good jumping in point yep. to the comic book industry. And for all you old hens, we're going to be talking some comic book news. <laughs> and like the best soup to have on like a cold afternoon. Oh, because you're old? Because you're old. What kind of okay. blanket to put over yourself when mm-hmm. you're reading your favorite comic book? You don't want to... Probably Pogo, maybe Gasoline Alley. <laughs> That's too old. Set that thermostat to 74 in August. Mm-hmm. Put your sweater on. Start playing First Issue Club, baby. I got thick blood and thin skin. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a parody song about the January 6th rioters. <laughs> I'm just a sightseer. Thin blood, thin skin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not Trump to get told me to do this. <laughs> not to get political right out the bat. Ah, but... <laughs> let's do it anyway. <laughs> oh boy. Uh I'm Mike D. I'm Greg. And I am Vargas. And now you can identify our voices with our names. Mm-hmm. Uh I tried to do a transcript for our show once, a long time ago, and I've got this program that you could just like upload the episode and it would transcribe. Who's talking and so like people with can transcription. read it. Yeah, well, I was talking to the reader, uh, the listener. Maybe they don't know what it is. Uh, and I uploaded it and started to transcribe, and it just said, is this one person? <laughs> the computer was just like, this is just one guy saying all of this. We've detected three white males. <laughs> you only need one. Is this a podcast? Is this a podcast? <laughs> you might be recording a podcast. Uh... Shout out to my twin sister. She said she wanted to shout out on First Issue Club, weekly listener. Yo, shout out to Shannon Stacy. My twin. Sharing a womb yeah. with your brother. Mm-hmm. If I ever had a hint of superpowers, mm-hmm. it was one time I just knew oh. she was in a car accident. Oh, whoa. Is it because had, you hit her? She had been. <laughs> <laughs> because she was in the car that I T-boned. <laughs> Um, did you guys ever share a room besides like a nursery or something? Oh, um, no. When we were like toddlers, Mm -hmm. we lived in an apartment while, um, we were looking for a house and eventually ended up building a house. So that was it. Okay. Cool. My brother and I shared a room till like junior high and then my parents were like, okay, we're going to separate you two because you get into a lot of fights. Yeah. You guys are, you ended up pretty different for being two guys who- Lived in one room. Mm-hmm. Um, we both collected cards. I collected Marvel Masterpiece cards, and he collected football cards. I, I tell you what, Marvel Masterpiece cards were so expensive, but you really felt like you got what you were paying for. Oh, they're they were like so yeah. thick and glossy, and they came in those like boxes that you had to like slide open. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the pedigree. Yeah, I used to save up. Any change I could scrape together for those, and it was I just like loved the smell of them. <laughs> well, they were glossy and like they were embossed, and like they were the Cadillac of Marvel cards. And then this isn't the first time Marvel made trading cards either, but this is the first time they really invested in their product. How about that? 
Yeah. A little bit of comic book trading card history. <laughs> and yeah, my, my brother veered sports and I veered superheroes. Got it. The rest is history. Rest, the rest is, uh, as they say, history. Yeah. Uh, before we get too far into the episode, is it okay if I talk to the audience and make a quick statement? I know we usually start off the episode with some jocularity and some hee-haws, but may I, may I address the audience? So far, so far, it's been dry and cumbersome, so why not mm-hmm. continue it? Yeah, with I just want to. I want to get this out of the way before um, you know mainstream media picks it up, so I can get ahead of the curve. Got it. Sure. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. This is Greg Liktai, co-host of First Issue Club Book Podcast, voted most likely to eat shoelaces like spaghetti in my high school yearbook, and friend to all. I come to you today with my head hung low and with the hope that I can win back your forgiveness and trust. To some eagle-eared listeners, you may have heard me tell tales that I had a Tales for the Shop to tell you on our Patreon. (laughs) Patreon.com backslash First Issue Club. Well, listeners, I've let you down. The last two two weeks in a row, weeks in a row, I have neglected to give you the tales from the shop of my bizarre and memorable story that uh, at half price books with me and Andy. I'm hoping that uh, me coming to you on bended knee, groveling, that I can win back an ounce, a, a mere morsel of your forgiveness, in the hopes that I can be a changed man and and give you. The story that you deserve. I ask for privacy at this time for me and my podcast family. God bless comic books. God bless First Issue Club. Thank you. Wow. From the heart. From the heart. You could tell. It really sounds like you're listening and learning. I am. I'm growing. I, w- I want to be a part of the conversation. Um, You know, the only thing I can do is sit back and listen. Right. Yeah. Uh, I am pissed off, though, because it's a good fucking story. No, it's great. And two times I have forgotten to tell you. Uh, so if you want to hear it, I'm finally going to tell it over on the Patreon, patreon.com backslash First Issue Club. I have a few games. As of this recording, we have not recorded that Patreon yet, so we'll see if you remember, buddy. I may have to make another statement next week. <laughs> I'll remember. It's an ongoing bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've never been to a comic book shop ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm an online guy. You know me. Uh, as far as comic book news, the only thing I got is uh, James Gunn finally came out and said he's directing the new Superman movie. Pretty exciting. So now everyone uh, can debate, is it going to be trunks or no trunks Yeah, for the costume? No trunks, but there's trunks on the inside, so both teams win. <laughs> so the trunks are like the spirit. Like regular underwear. Oh. Yeah, he's wearing tidy reddies. I think, yeah. do you think he wears a jock strap in that thing? You got to wear a jock. Oh, you got to keep it under control. Yeah. I mean, thank you. Uh, way to back me up on that one. Yeah. I appreciate it. Otherwise, he, I mean. You can't, you can't go full hog. Yeah. You can't. You can't. Yeah. Super hog would be all over yeah. the place. With the, with the uh, velocity he takes off with. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. One, I'm surprised those pants don't just rip right off. <laughs> And second of all, it'd just be pressed up against the material. Yeah. Anyway. You got to control that beast. <laughs> James Gunn, confirmed director for the new Superman movie. Superman, confirmed, wears a jockstrap. Yeah. <laughs> and it, all of my fanfic. Perfect. Confirmed. I have comic book news. I'm glad I prepared some. Yay. Good. I, I scoured, and I couldn't find any. Nah, I mean, this is a couple of days old, but okay. new for us. Yeah. Uh, global comics, we talked about. I don't know, maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. uh, a new online comic book 
retailer, I guess is what you would call it, a, a reading resource. Oh, like Omnibus. Yeah, like Omnibus. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Global Comics is partnering with Image, Boom Comics, Archie Comics, and like way more. Good. Um, they have added more than 5,000 comics this year, as in 2023, mm-hmm. as in less than three months. They've added more than 5,000 books. Hell yeah. Uh, and seen a 50% increase in users. So if you're... Oh, so their system's already going. Yeah, they're up and running. Okay. And they're just now announced a partnership with Image, which is like their biggest one, obviously. But, yeah. uh, you know, Boom is yeah. partnering. I mean, a whole That's bunch awesome. of, pub- of indie publishers are already working with them. So. I am excited for this new uh, resurgence in digital comics. Yeah. Comicology used to be the go-to for a very long time. Uh, and then when they got acquired by Amazon, it just went by the wayside. And it was just kind of a bummer, mostly because Amazon is this big overreaching monster that can just not be stopped. Yeah, but more that the haven for digital comics and reading in a new format was basically just dying in front of us. Right, and so to see these new companies come up uh, and really commit to the indie publishers, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. um, is you know, um, it's it's really nice to see. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So if you're looking for a place, somebody go on there. Maybe I'll get on there and uh, give her the old test drive. I kind of want to check it out. Yeah. It depends on what the fees are. Yeah, that's a big if there's factor. A f- if there's a free, I'm a I'm a I'm a paper boy. I'm an imprint man. Mm-hmm. So physical media. Yeah. Hashtag. I, I don't know that I could ever give up my thousands of pounds of collection. No. But uh, I'm gonna be buried with it. Yeah. It would be a good a good way to uh, read a whole bunch of number ones for maybe a podcast that I host where you talk about first sure. issues. Yeah. So. Maybe some kind of partnership we could get together with them on. Who knows? Maybe. Um, so that's cool. Global Comics with an X on the end. Well, hell yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? It's the most extreme. I've never seen Global spelled with an X before. That's wild. Yeah. G-L-O-X-B-A-L. <laughs> X, 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 X. Jesus Christ. Uh, this is more Vargas news than anything else, I guess. But You're cutting your hair. No. Never. Never. Well, <laughs> maybe. We'll see. Uh, Grant Morrison is writing a new multiversity story oh, for I saw that. for DC Pride 23. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody knows me, I'm a huge Grant Morrison fan. Mm-hmm. I did an entire one-hour podcast about Grant Morrison on my other podcast. You're a uh, simp, you might say. It's true. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. I'll probably be getting that book based on that one piece of information alone. So, remind me, Multiversity, I know that was a big event he did over at DC eight years ago? A long time ago. Yeah. Um, so, did it die? I thought, like, wasn't it? No. So, Multiversity is still canon, mm-hmm. and it's it's the way that DC has moved forward with their multiverse stuff. So, there are 52 universes mm-hmm. in the DC multiverse now yes and multiversity was stories where they from... all went to study yeah multiversity <laughs> oh boy <laughs> multiversity was stories from some of those different universes mm-hmm. um so there are still tons of unexplored universes and planets out there okay in the multiversity you know line so morrison's coming back vargas is stoked uh, I would like to tell Grant Morrison, go write more Klaus, please. I would like to tell Grant Morrison, I mean, anything. Really. He is a Patreon member, by the way. He just signed up last week. Okay. 
Good. Uh, they did. Sorry. They. I will be quitting the show because I am not worthy <laughs> to tell Grant Morrison anything. You're not telling him. He's just listening to you. I can't have him okay. listen Never to mind. me. They changed their name. I, I can't have Grant. That's too much. I yes. can't. That stresses me out thinking about it. I know it's a bit. Well, move past it. <laughs> The last bit of information I have uh, for those of you out there that are interested in one Mr. Mike Mignola, mm, mm-hmm. he's doing a Kickstarter with Lemony Snicket from the Series of Unfortunate Events books. Mm-hmm. They're doing an adaptation and new version of Pinocchio mm-hmm. as a novel, an illustrated novel, I'll yeah. say. It's not a It's not a graphic book. novel. It's not a graphic novel. It's not a comic book. Um, it's just an illustrated version of the novel with liner notes and adaptation stuff by Lemony Snicket. Yeah. Um, it's bananas. I, I looked into it. It's very beautiful looking. It's it's gorgeous. Um, but it's it's in a series mm-hmm. that this company, Beehive Books, is doing mm-hmm. um, where they pair like a really great artist with a really great writer and a really classic story mm-hmm. and have them basically go ham on it. Um, they, I think Bill Sinkowitz was on the island of Dr. Monroe. Yeah, and Guillermo del Toro did the adaptation writing. <laughs> okay, so fuck yeah. Yeah, I mean, just like knock it out of the ballpark stuff. But with that incredible creative team comes an incredible price. Yeah, they are something. It's $25 for the digital edition. No. $90 for all of them and any future stories they do in the future, mm-hmm. which is a pretty good deal. This is We're still talking digital. Digital. The starting price for the physical book, the cheapest physical book you can get. 100 Bones. 100 Bones. Pass. These are not for, these aren't going to be at your Scholastic Book Fair. These aren't gonna. Yeah. These aren't even gonna be probably at your Barnes and Noble. Correct. These are like the high end, like I'm like fancy books with slip cases yeah. and. Uh, they talk about like the paper on the Kickstarter, you know. It's, which if they start doing that, you know you're in trouble. You know, yeah, you know your your pocketbook is <laughs> yeah in trouble. Uh, how big is it? It's oversized. I mean, it's like omnibus size. It's big. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, a hundred bucks for like an omnibus size thing is standard yeah. fare. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, they're beautiful. They're gorgeous. They're like, absolutely no, beautiful. Uh, it, nothing's been held back with making these books. Yeah. It's like the premium shit. Yeah. I didn't realize they were that big. Yeah. Um, they're huge. But I mean, I mean, that's a big investment. Yeah. I, they they have a picture of them all lined up on a shelf. That's how they fucking get you. And they're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're. Pic- they literally are picturesque. Um, I don't know if if somebody out there, if you got a hundred bucks burning a hole in your pocket, and you're like the biggest Hellboy fan, <laughs> join our Patreon. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash First Issue Club. Um, and then also, I guess, send us one if you got a hundred bucks burning a hole in your pocket. We'll review it. I'd be too nervous to read it. I yeah, probably. But I mean, that's like, I guess that's the point. Like, when you have a book that expensive, you're just like, this is just for looks. This is just a, a for look book. I mean, I'd read it. Yeah, you have to. You have to. At least once. Put on some gloves. To justify fine. it, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was that was what I got. The The Island of Dr. Moreau one is the one that is pulling at my eyeballs. I know. Right now, it's, so, it's so cool. I it's, really it's, wish they would redo that movie. Yeah, they've done it a couple of times, but... 
Yeah. Last one was with uh, old, what's his face? Marlon Brando. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, it sure was. He looked wild. Yeah. A lot of, uh, we'll generously say liberties taken <laughs> by Mr. Brando for that movie. <laughs> uh, Absolutely I'll, insanity. I'll add that we just watched, or you guys came in for the tail end mm-hmm. of the uh, X-Men 60th anniversary live stream. Mm-hmm. Um, that went out exclusively to Marvel Unlimited members. Um, but I watched the entire thing. Um, I thought it was pretty rad. It was just kind of like a celebration of X-Men history. The chat was blowing up the entire time with some funny takes. That was almost the highlight of it for yeah, me. it was more, awesome. More than any of the like um, interviews. But they did interviews kind of through the decades, and they had like the Simonsons and Claremont for early X-Men and then they talk to you know your your signature people from from different groups like Rob was there and a handful of others they did the animated series team they talked about bringing back the 90s X-Men cartoon and that's dope what that was going to be and what it means to the guy who was kind of like the creative director of the new season it was really cool when is that premiering did they say sometime this year I think okay that's all I know. That would make sense, because didn't it premiere in 93? So having it come back 30 oh, okay. years later. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'll say Claremont was Chris Claremont. Um, I love the guy. <laughs> he he doesn't tell you the answer you, you'll want. He tells you the answer he has. And uh, <laughs> damn it if I don't respect it. <laughs> they were trying to, like, nerd out on, like, the historic things that Claremont has done and that group of creators like did and they brought up Inferno and some of those early X-Men like crossover books which at the time were like some of the first times you saw that in comics definitely in like Marvel comics there weren't a lot of big crossovers at the time and this would have been pre-Secret Wars even yeah I think um and they were like, what was it like working on those? And like, well, you know, what's your perspective on like what's come from that now? And Chris was like, I wish we never did it. Jesus <laughs> and he was just like, it kind of ruined comics. <laughs> I wish I was dead. <laughs> and honestly, the the chat was like, there was the chat was like half people being like, Man, I, I loved Inferno and I loved like this event, that event, yada yada. But I think there was also a lot of people who were just like really acknowledging event fatigue and creators not being able to tell personal stories and focusing on their solo books anymore because it takes so much work to manufacture and navigate these huge events and crossovers. Yep. And they just sell so well because it's a big to do mm-hmm. that Marvel wanted to do them constantly. So here's Chris Claremont being like, Marvel just made us do event after event after event after that, and I felt like I never had my book back. And he was like, and I'm sorry because I know like fans like them a lot, but he was like, we all kind of felt that way. Like we kind of lost the thread of our books and being able to tell a story, like a singular story in a comic book once um, events got introduced. So I, I thought that was... <laughs> That was the realest thing anyone said. Rob Liefeld was like awesome, and it was real. Like it was cool to see him geek out. He pulled out. He has a 
X-Men number one in a five, signed by Stan Lee. He pulled that out and was showing it off and was just, like, geeking out on how much he loved X-Men. And he gave the interview that, like, everyone wants to hear, you know? It's just like, you know, everyone's geeking about Excautioner's song and... Or Executioner's... How do you... it was executioner spe- song. Yeah, it's spelled like <laughs> executioner. Executioner. I always like pronounce it stupid. Um, but you know, yeah, he's given all those great takes that you know people want to hear. But I'm like, I kind of love Chris Claremont keeping it real. Yeah, he's like, we're we gonna do fire me, fuck <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, right, exactly. I'll be over here writing extreme X Men, doing zero crossovers. Thank you. <laughs> my, I turned my Gmail off, so keep emailing me. <laughs> Uh, before we get into books, we have a charity event, March yeah. 25th at Big Rip. We're going to be playing some Mario Kart with uh, Who the Hell is This For and Debates on Tap. Yep. We have um, a giveaway that we talked about last episode, uh, like a Willy Wonka-esque tour of Boulevard <laughs> Brewing Company. Yeah, we got a couple of other uh, 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 great prizes, too. Um, Pub Pass has given us some Pub Passes to give away. Oh, right. That's awesome. And uh, got so, some... Cool gym memberships from uh, Brian's gym. He snagged some cool stuff and a couple other cool things. Uh, obviously, yeah. money. Money, money, money. <laughs> so if you're in the Kansas City area, come on down to Big Rip and yeah. see us play Mario Kart and give to a worthwhile charity, um, which was, what is the charity? Down Syndrome Innovations. That's right. Yep. Uh, and also come and play Mario Kart. No. Yeah. We're going to let people play. They're, oh, they get to play us? Yeah. For, yeah, bro. Okay. That was much different than golf. And yeah, I know. Actually, a lot different than what I signed up for. So that, that was the biggest complaint we got from golf. Oh, that no one could play? No one could play. So we're like, <laughs> yep, we'll change that next year. Come on, play. Five bucks. That's a good way to make money. Yep. That's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, come on down. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Ty will be slinging some beers. So Our buddy Ty. It'll be a good time. Um, so the, the Shazam movie, as of this recording, comes out today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to talk about something that kind of came to my mind while I was going through the articles about the movie and whatever, um, and how Shazam shouldn't have a secret identity, because he literally has to scream out Shazam for him to transform into... He doesn't have to scream it. I've never seen him wit like, Shazam. Like it just—he also makes a big poof. Like, yeah, you—you—you you, you know who he is. So, like, he should just be out and loud about who he is. Like, you can't be Superman and find like a telephone booth to change into. Sure, you could. <laughs> just just scream Shazam in the phone booth, and it just like smoke comes out. You're like, oh, what the hell happened in there? Yeah, sure. Why not? You're saying he's because he can't like zip away unpowered. Because he's just a little kid, right? He's a little yeah. kid. And he can't, like, get away fast enough like Superman can. Mm-hmm. Clark Kent can just be like, look over there, and then he's gone, and no yeah. one's like, wait a second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where did Clark go? Exactly. Um, broken logic. Uh, hate the take. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! I think he's, uh, of course you gotta keep your secret identity. Broken logic, hate the take. Whatever. That should be a t-shirt for sure. Peter Parker was the only person getting pictures of Spider-Man for like 45 fucking years. Yeah, and no one figures that out. Come on. If we're going to suspend disbelief for that, we can do it for Shazam. Yeah. Okay. 
broken. It's comic books. Broken logic. Hate the take. <laughs> I'm gonna flip it back on you. Uno card reverse. That's what I thought. I I think it's a good theory. Sound off uh, on social media if you think I'm right, and if you think I'm wrong, fuck off. <laughs> people should. <laughs> you're saying people should know who he is, as in just like his identity would be out there. I'm just saying people would figure it out. He's the kid yelling Shazam all the time, and then Shazam and then turns into a fucking adult yeah. man. Like people can connect the fucking. His dots. identity's not secret in the movie, right? Yes, it is. Don't, oh, actually, don't no. all the kids at school know it's him by the end of it? Oh, what does happen there? No, I think he just says that he knows Shazam. Like, he's friends with him. Oh, okay. But his family figures it out because... Yeah. They, well, uh, they all have powers. They're the correct. Marvel family, Captain yeah. Marvel family. Right. And so that's where we get uh, Superman at the end of the movie. Yeah. Spoiler <laughs> for the original Shazam. It came out eight years eight ago. Eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think it was a pretty good take, so... You're allowed to have that take, Greg. Yeah. I, I, I endorse it. you having the take. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I but refuse what, to write another fucking statement. What <laughs> is podcasting if not open, honest conversation? Yeah. yeah. This is a safe space for me to get dunked on. If, if we agree with every take, it's not very fun, is I mean, it? Kind of boring. I, mean, I think Shazam can whisper Shazam. I think so, too. I, I think it's about intent. I, do- oh. I, think, I think he can be like, oh, I got to... I gotta take a really bad shit, and he gets up and he walks around the corner and he, goes, and he goes Shazam and speeds away. Yeah, not too hard. What if he accidentally says Shazam? So that what would be the scenario? That happens in the comic, does it? Where he says Shazam and he doesn't turn because again you have to say it with like oh and mean it with the intent of helping. With, yeah, like you have to say it with the stank of being. I turning. Don't know. Wow, that's even. That's yeah. I think that's part of the Jeff Johns run. Okay, so then maybe he can whisper it if it's like it with the yeah. noble intent. Yeah, you have to say it with like you know gumption. Yeah, like I'm in the movie theater. I can't just scream. Shazam! 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 God damn it! But I mean, to your point, then a lightning bolt hits him. You know. Ah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Double down. Mm-hmm. But maybe maybe that's part of the smoke. The smoke helps disguise. Yeah, it's like a ninja, area like a ninja vanish kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Smoke screen, and then Shazam appears through the smoke. Everyone <laughs> see that kid fucking explode? <laughs> that kid just got hit by lightning. Shazam's like, no, he's he's fine. There was I, no kid. I caught him. He's fine. <laughs> I'll allow your take, Greg. Appreciate it. I, I allow it too. I just don't like it. Well, okay, we can all agree the take is allowed. <laughs> so I thank you. Let's move on to comic books. What'd you read? I read The Forged out on Image Comics by Greg Rucka and Eric Troutman and Mike Henderson. That's a big old thick boy, isn't it? You guys hear about this book at all? No. No. Basically just like this team of women on a na- like a naval ship in space that are like called The Forged. And they're like this elite team of fucking like gorgeous muscular women may i just add real quick stop drilling you've struck oil this book <laughs> i'm gonna continue here so the, the, it's a, this elite team of women who are like just specialized in battle and with these like mech suits and they're you know the they either are on like reconnaissance or rescue or you know pinning down enemy whatever like they're the go-to team of just like fucking they're the heavy they're space marines I don't even know. I don't even know if they have like a denotion of like rank. They're just the fucking heavy. Like when so, shit gets sour, they send the forged in. And so it's basically it's gonna be a book about 
just them in space. You're dropped into the middle of a story. They already exist. They're just kind of in between missions at the moment. They're on like the big, you know, like a naval battleship, like in at sea. It's like imagine that up in space. Sure. You know what is funny that a lot of like space sci-fi stuff does take on a lot of naval, like I think nomenclature. It's the, e- and the, stuff. This, it's the easiest connection parallel, to make just because in parallel, they're all yeah. like large ships. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think it'd be the Air Force. No, because you don't have you don't have space planes. You have spaceships. Yeah, uh, I think there's a. But to your point, I think there's a combination because like you have to have. I mean, there's there's planes on naval ships. Yeah. So, but but those planes are operated by the Navy. Are the, they really? Yeah. The so the Navy it actually existed first, and the Air Force originally was the Naval Air Corps. Ah. Well, look at there. And spun out uh, after World War II. Love to learn. Man. I was a history major. (laughs) The History Channel wins again. (laughs) And so, what what this, and then there's this um, other story in The Forged about like this. It's almost like a fifth element take of like there's this group of uh, people called the Cassandras or something like that. And they're like, they are the voice of the main queen or goddess of uh, mm-hmm. the uh, uh, people that the, the, this naval ship is, like, answering to. Yeah. And so they are, like, kind of walking around the ship all mystical, and uh, they have the ability to, um, like... I'm sorry. <laughs> the Cassandras, all I can think of is the movie Heathers. That's like what I'm, I was thinking I'm, of, too. I'm just imagining these, like, like group of, like... Bitch high school, <laughs> like bullies walking down the aisles. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not far off. <laughs> oh these, my god, the Cassandras are coming. These, uh, like people have the ability to like give you like a, a direct dopamine hit mm-hmm. and orgasm if they like touch your body. Oh, this book. So, you think it's like this army book? This book is fucking sexy as hell. I'm so glad I got it. It is like it is. We, I mean, we. I tweeted today about how there's a there, a new sexual revolution happening in comics. Yeah, and like this book, this forged book by Greg Rucka was just like, why don't we put some army shit in there too? And it just rockets Hell it yeah. into a new area of sexy. And it is. It's like there's action, there's sex, there's intrigue. It's like, and there, it's thick. It's like 64 pages. It's a big old thick boy. And then. To top it off with the story, there's like pages of maps and yeah. uh, blueprints of like the mech suits and stuff. Like they, this creative team is so invested in this series. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm amped up to see where it goes. It's like just a psychedelic kind of raw take on sci-fi and sexuality, and I'm fucking here for it. Do you know if it's a mini or a maxi? Uh, so I, I knew one of you was going to ask that question, and I looked it up. Nothing about it. Nothing about it. Mm. On Image website, on, on, you know, any of the websites I visit. It'll probably be like a see how it sells sort of thing. I honestly, I'd be shocked if it becomes an ongoing Mm -hmm. because it's magazine size. Oh, so just expensive. It's about like six bucks. It's about six bucks. bucks. Yeah. But for 64 pages, that's a good deal. I picked it up and I was like, this is a $6 comic. Yeah. Like for sure. But six bucks once a month. Yeah, as an ongoing, that's tough sell. There's there is solicited three issues. Okay, and with if and they're all sixty four pages, so that equals out to about a full trade. Yeah, yeah. And if that's the one story they want to tell, that's fine. But 
Golly. It was a fun read, and it was only the first issue. Yeah. So I appreciate it. That's not a bad price at all. No, it's it's really, really not. I, I, it was used to bum me out when I would get one of those DC black label magazine size books, and it would be like 24 pages and like $12 or something. Yeah, shit. yeah. Yeah, they, they kept like it so really um, price-worthy um, for like uh-huh. anyone to like, just like happenstance, check it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, kudos to Image, and you know, I don't know if that was a, a creative choice by the creators to be like, can we keep it under this price point? Yeah. But uh, check it out, The Forged. It is a, a fun fucking time. Sick. It's sitting on my to-read pile. There you go, man. Rucka writes some great stuff. Bring you, the motherfucking Rucka. Did you read anything, Mike D.? Oh, you know what is the first issue that I enjoyed was Red Goblin. Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Spidey Man. Yeah, this is the um, Normie, the grandson of Norman Osborn. Um, if you've been reading the um, Venom run or any of the Spidey Codex world stuff, um, you know that Norman Osborn was, or Normie Osborn kind of got carnaged mm-hmm. he got like the red carnage symbiote for a little bit who among us <laughs> and, hasn't been carnage happens the, to the best of us and they're kind of doing this thing that i feel like they did with dylan brock over the creative change from donny cates to al ewing and rom v that he got aged up really quickly yeah mm-hmm. but he, he's still a kid um but he's older than he's like ever been depicted in like the 40 years since we've had Normie in Spider-Man comics. And for me, it's just cool to see like this character's been around forever. We're finally giving him some depth. I like when they play with existing characters in the world instead of just like, here's another new character and another new character. And they feel like they're all like low stakes to the history and mythology of Spider-Man. But it's, I think this book while it's probably going to end up being very optional, it surprised me with how much depth it added to Norman Osborn's current story arc with trying to be, like, redeemed mm-hmm. and having to pay, like, a comeuppance for the life that he's led by, you know, it's it's his fault that Normie is in this place, that Normie doesn't have a father now, and um, that there's this gang of goblins that he's having to deal with all of a sudden. And Normie's growth is really interesting as well. And his symbiote's really cool. His symbiote's, like, immature. They haven't, like, totally mind-bonded yet. So it's like he's dealing <laughs> with... some growing pains. It's like he's dealing with a younger brother who's just, like, really disagreeable. Yeah. And I like that relationship between them. There's, I don't know, there's something about like the fantasy books where you've got like a kid coming of age and he's figuring out superhero shit and dealing with like complex emotions of at the age where you're beginning to understand your complex emotions. There's just a lot of stuff there that I was surprised by. I, cause I just assumed another dumb tie in to sell more Spider Man books. And right. I think it was the first issue anyway. Um, was more than that. And so that was Red Goblin. Red Goblin, endorsed by Mike D. And there's also, correct me if I'm wrong, a Gold Goblin? 
Gold Goblin is the moniker that Norman Osborn has taken recently because mm-hmm. he's trying to do some superhero stuff to make up for um, all of his wrongdoings. I think he was trying to avoid like ever hopping back on his Green Goblin shit. His Green Goblin glider or deal with that sort of life. But um, if you've been reading Amazing Spider-Man, um, Norman and Peter have been uh, working together on a lot of things. And Norman kind of got thrust into a spot where he had to hop on the glider and suit up to save Peter. Mm-hmm. And now he's getting back in the rhythm as a hero. How long? Is, is Hobgoblin still around? There, yeah, so this latest story arc has been dealing with, like, all the past Hobgoblins. Mm-hmm. So in the last maybe 10 issues, we've seen, we've we've questioned whether Ned Leeds is, be gonna, is gonna oh, become nice. a Hobgoblin again, and, like, you know, the three or four other characters who have, who have played that part. In your um, opinion. Uh-huh. Do you think Marvel has the cojones to one day do an event? They can call it, I don't know, goblin mode. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just every goblin iteration that Marvel's ever created just fucking duking it out for Goblin Supreme. There's, I love the name goblin mode. It's almost like you have to. Yeah. Um, There's definitely enough. Goblins. Now we had the Goblin Queen. Yeah, a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, and she she's a pre-existing character who was like a doctor, right? Yes, that's right. I can't remember her. Her name is eluding me right now. Um, I could see Hollow's Eve being a fun character to like throw in that mix. Hollow's Eve is cool. She's taking off. She's like throwing pumpkins and shit like that. That's very Goblin esque. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I would love that, and. Can I see Marvel doing an over-the-top, jumping-the-shark-seeming event? Of course. They do it <laughs> ten times a year. Do they love money? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, make it, a hol- make it a fucking Halloween event. Yeah. Goblin mode. Yeah. Can you imagine the variant covers f- yeah. stretching far and wide through the Marvel? I've already pre-ordered the Inhookly <laughs> connecting variant <laughs> series. <laughs> and it doesn't even exist yet. All the books are like die-cut as pumpkin bombs. Dude. Stop again. You've struck oil. I wish more of these events. I feel like we say this on this podcast a lot that, like, oh, they're doing the like Venom event that's gonna clean up all the symbiote bullshit. Yeah. Because too many people have had it. And so we're killing off the characters Mm -hmm. who have their codexes so we can get back to it just being Venom. And every time we think, but man, the story needs that. An event is a great way to reset. And every single time, it's like now there's ten more new characters. Yeah, it's never. They yeah. never actually end up. They make like a whoopsie and like, oh, we made more of them. Shit. Yeah, they never actually end up cleaning the thing that. Oops, you, all venoms. You think they're going to tidy up? Because I, I love the idea of saying like goblin mode, and then we get rid of like. 18 goblins. 18 goblins, and it's like okay, back to normalcy, and and like. There, we don't have to suspend our disbelief that at any given day in New York, there's like forty symbiotes and like right. fifteen goblins flying around. Imagine it used to be a real country, you know, two <laughs> goblins, two one, symbiotes, one symbiote. Imagine if there was a character called just like Goblin Supreme. 
And yeah. you know what? Fucking make it a rotating annual event. Every year they have to fight to see who's the new Goblin Supreme every year. <laughs> you can do Dude. you can do Goblin Mode every year. <laughs> every year. Goblin Mode. Goblin Mode 2, Return of Goblin. Goblin Mode 3, Electric Boogaloo. Like, I'd come be, on. I'd be fine with that if it didn't interfere with Amazing Spider-Man at all. No, it, it they're in their own, they have to yeah. like go to a special island. Yeah. This is why for, I was for Goblin Mode. Like I, for a long, long time, I read and bought Venom because it felt mandatory out of being an Amazing Spider-Man fan. Mm-hmm. And over the past like ten years or five, like maybe five years ago, when Donny Cates started writing Venom, right. I finally realized that like this is not an Amazing Spider-Man universe story anymore. No. It's just it's completely its own thing. And that's fine. Every once in a while, Peter Parker shows up, but it is not mandatory to understanding what's going on with Peter Parker, and it hasn't been for, like I said, like five or six years. I I would make the argument, so I'm a Venom fan and not necessarily so much a Spider-Man fan. I would make house divided. I would make the argument. I mean, Spider-Man's fine, (laughs) but I would say that once Rick Remender took over back in like... Whenever the hell that was, 2010, when he did that book with Tony Moore. Oh, right. The Agent Venom stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's when it was like Venom just has his own yeah. business. Yeah. Venom came into his own shit. Yeah. Right around then. Yeah, it went off with the Guardians. Yeah. My my question to you, Mike D, mm-hmm. going back to Spider-Man yes. as our spider guy, is what do you think they're going to do with, well, I guess my first question is, are you reading Deadpool? No, I'm not. I heard it's good, though. It is good. Uh, in this episode of Stayed Good, Deadpool, Stayed Good. <laughs> uh, so in issue four, spoiler alert for everybody out there, if you haven't read issue four, um, they're trying to clone, there's a character that's trying to clone Carnage. And they inject Deadpool because Deadpool's body can grow Carnage, right? Yeah. And in episode, or episode four, in issue four, Cletus Cassidy bursts out of Venom's back. Venom or Deadpool's back? Deadpool. God okay. damn, I can't talk. That's all right. Oh, because there was enough of his DNA yeah. left in the symbiote. Yeah. So, so now Cletus is back alive. Cletus is back, Ooh. presumably with his carnage powers, because he's got symbiote stuff all up in him. Mm-hmm. He's back. He's back, baby. And I'm guessing that's going to play into, you know, some of symbiotes and all that so, kind of nonsense So stuff. how long till Fox News sniffs that out? They made a big deal about Pregnant Joker. Yeah, Pregnant Deadpool. Deadpool is now the new father of Cletus Cassidy. Yeah. <laughs> someone, Great. No one tell up Tucker Carlson. I was going to say, no one tell Tucker. <laughs> but, so my question is, with that knowledge, yeah, what do you think they're going to do with... Red Goblin, because Red Goblin's got Carnage, right? Or is it his own symbiote? I think it's a different... It's a different codex of Carnage. I mean, just like there's different Venom codexes. Yeah, because like I said, remember like uh, the symbiote that Normie has now is like new, young, mind-wiped. Yeah. Learning how to be a... It might be one of the like Life Foundation symbiotes that they like made. Yeah. Like agony and stuff like that. Okay, that okay. kind of like started from scratch, and it's the reason why they're like purple, red, and yeah, all the different colors. Um, or like like um, mania, 
from Colin Bunn's run where it's like yeah. a piece of Venom, not necessarily a new symbiote, mm-hmm. but okay. 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 Agony. Yeah. Misfortune. <laughs> All the famous symbiotes. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. It sounds fun. I don't mind the, like, I like the idea of, I thought the Amazing Spider-Man stuff around issue or leading up to issue 800 with Norman being the Red Goblin yeah. and Normie getting wrapped into that. I, I Did they call him the Goblin Child? Yeah. They called him something they like that. They made a but, huge deal about it. I, um, I remember those covers. And I, I thought that was fun. So I'm sure Cletus and Normie will duke it out. They got to face off point. eventually. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be fun. Sick. Well, the book I read mm-hmm. was also a big fat boy. I read the new Massive Verse book. No one. No one. So did I. That yeah. was my next one. Sweet. Um, it was. There's a lot of words in that book. <laughs> For those of us that it is ha- have smoother brains than others, mm-hmm. I myself included, stopped reading a lot of the Massive Verse stuff. There's this, just, there was too much of it. This one is pretty darn good. Yeah. Um. If if you are in that boat like Mike D is, this might be one to check out. Okay. Um, it's, so, it's the least massive verse, massive verse book. For sure. It, so, ostensibly, it's a true crime story. Right? Yeah. That's, yeah. It, it's a police procedural. It's it's law and order. Mm-hmm. With, dum-dum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dum-dum. With a superhero. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean... Yeah. So, I guess the story revolves around um, this police chief whose son quote-unquote, committed these murders. Yes. Uh, but now we're led to believe that there are copycats trying to claim that they're the real murderer, that this son is in jail for the murders. Yeah, so there was a, there was a string of murders a year ago or whatever, some time ago, mm-hmm. and that spawned copycat killers. Yeah. And this son... Took conf- the fall. For- confessed. Yeah. They said he confessed. Yeah. But then... Somebody's now come back and said, I'm the real killer. Mm-hmm. So we don't know if it's another copycat or if it's a real killer. And then mixed into all of this is this guy, superhero Batman stand in called No One, mm-hmm. who was somehow involved in We're gonna find the out. original murder spree, bringing people to justice. Uh, but. So it's it's a cool story. Mm-hmm. It's it's a cool story. Cool book. I'm interested yeah. enough to keep reading. Sure, me too. Did you listen to the podcast? So the <laughs> podcast has Patton Oswalt, yeah, Rachel Lee Cook, yeah, and they're portraying the characters in the comic book that run the newspaper about these murderers, like like serial, like Ira Glass and stuff. Like, yeah. Um. So I haven't listened to the podcast yet. I uh, I just listened to like the first two minutes just to like get the flavor for it, and it's like totally in universe, like cool. You 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 read the comic and you listen to the podcast, and like it's wild. I mean, the, I, the production I'm, stuff they put into this is bananas, and that's that's why I'm so invested in what Kyle Higgins is doing with the massive verse. He's like taking these large chances with. Uh, storytelling like Mm -hmm. no one really has thought about like let's make a podcast that is like in canon with this comic book yeah and like let's reference the podcast in the comic book right and it's it's just fun and it's a new way to uh, reward readers and longtime readers 
that are engaging with your story. Yeah. And, you know, they did that Blacklight issue, and they've done so many spinoff issues. They did, like, successful Kickstarters. It's just, you know, I, I love that he's getting the chance to kind of spread his wings and really give it 110% to this idea that he had. Yeah. And I also just found out you can buy a Radiant Black helmet. That's dope. Like like a fucking Power Ranger mask and everything. So That's dope. Uh, I'm not going to be eating for about six months, and I'm just going to go buy that helmet. You can eat your cereal out of the helmet. No, yeah. Oh, the helmet's staying in the box. <laughs> NIB, baby. Yeah. Uh, Rachel Lee Cook's going to be at the Comic-Con we're, we're all going to this weekend. Yes, I'm going to have her sign my podcast. Okay. <laughs> that, that is referenced. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that, that fucking crashed and burned. No, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because nah, we were both nah, like, nah, 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 nah. We, what? we both thought you meant to say comic book and then realized <laughs> you were making a hilarious joke. Oh, man, it's a real <laughs> knee slapper. A classic Greg bit. Yeah. Yeah, so no one out on image. Uh, part of the massive verse. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a ongoing or it's got to be a mini. It's got to be a, yeah, got to be limited that'll, somehow. That'll lead into God knows what. Yeah, but this was another I mean, thirty-two pages, no ads that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Three ninety-nine. I typically don't see many ads in image books to yeah, begin with. They cram them in the back, which is a smart move. Yeah, that's what I do with my uh, dirty clothes. Nice. Anything else, Michael D? Now, I read a couple other comics, but I, not a lot that I'd really want to vamp on. Uh, uh, Horror number two came out. That stayed good. Did it? That was the slasher film kind of love letter that was out on Vault. Vault? Yeah. That's in my to read pile. It still rips figuratively and literally. Yeah. All against all. Issue four. Oh, I mean, well, yeah. That book's that, great. That was the top of my, that's the other book I read in my car. Because I came straight from Clint's. Straight from Clint's. It's my favorite issue so far. Number four? This is (laughs) exciting. That book's been so good. This is like, I mean, to say that it's on par with Alien is like saying a lot. But this this book, like this story is up there, I think. I don't know if you guys have been continuing to read it, but man. I've read the first three issues. I think it's fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah. The concept is great. Yeah. Um, I just remembered a news hit, if you'll indulge me. Sure. Did you know that the in Donna DC, new book's coming out. Yeah. There's going to be a new Steelworks mm-hmm. book, which revolves around John Henry, who is Steel. And his daughter? I believe so. Mm-hmm. The person writing that book is none other than Worf from Star Trek. Oh, weird. Didn't know that. Yeah, That's he's cool. he's written some other uh comic books. I didn't know that. So now he's taking a crack at it with Steelworks. Oh, speaking of celebs writing comics. Oh, you got some taboo news? <laughs> Ta- old taboo. I mean, writing r- 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 just finished himself a fan favorite. That like Deadly Neighborhood Spider-Man book. Oh yeah. man, is like popping off. They uh-huh. introduced like Crystal Spider. I can't remember Demon Spider. Demon Spider is that what it is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that book's been selling on eBay for like twenty bucks for like a month now. Yeah, I bought a copy today. 
for three ninety nine at Clint's. Wow, really? Hell yeah. yeah. They still have a stack of them on the shelf. Oh my god, you should have hey. bought a fuck ton of Next them. Next time you're there, get me one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Just sell them on eBay. Dope. I will. No one else go to Clint's. <laughs> Love Vargas. We record in Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> but I think good on him. Like uh, we were all, we all kind of joked about him uh, writing. We, we a, lovingly rib um, a a one shot, mm-hmm. and hey, he's. I think he's gonna keep writing comics because people love the stuff he's been doing. I he's definitely not going anywhere. I legitimately liked his Werewolf by Night mini. Yeah, like it was good. Same. Mm-hmm. I'm never gonna not make fun of him being in the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> And also, when is my Apple D app comic coming out? You know, but yeah, he's a good writer. Like, I really do think taboo is a gateway drug for getting all the other black eyed peas into Marvel to write stories, dude. Fergie presents Kitty Pride when mm-hmm. <laughs> Fergie on anything, really. When's it gonna be announced that she's the new writer of Avengers? <laughs> yeah, black eyed peas event at Marvel. Uh, you know what else I read was the seventh issue of Eight Billion Genies. So good. Ooh. That stuff. It's getting wild. I love. I can't imagine what the next issue is going to be like. The, the final issue. Yeah, the, the penultimate. Yeah, I just read the penultimate. But um, for anyone who hasn't been reading it or just forgot what the deal is, um, the first book was like the first eight minutes. Then it was the first eight hours. Eight days, eight weeks, eight months, eight years. And this past book we read was eight decades. And then it's going to be eight centuries, I think. Yeah, it's 800 years. Yeah. So, I mean, over the obviously, over the last issue, like almost every character that you've been introduced to died because it's been 80 years. Right. And it was just crazy to see the story escalate like that and i can't imagine i'm so excited to read the last one and just see like you know some maybe some of our characters who have immortality or or whatever are they still around or like you know when people die i think their genies go away so it's like how are we going to have those genies that are left um and what state is the world going to be in? I'm just super excited. Yeah, <laughs> that book's so fun. I think it's when it when it started. I was like, "This is a fun, like goofy novelty thing." Mm-hmm. And I've kind of been on a roller coaster with it, but like now I'm like, "Man, there's a reason this book popped off, and that it got optioned almost immediately." Like, to see the vision paid off yeah, so well is... It's so cool. I mean, for the creators, it's got to be awesome, but for the readers, it's like, fuck, yeah, like, yeah. they nailed it. They fucking nailed it. It was, it was only eight issues. Yeah. I only had to follow it for eight issues, and it rocked. This yeah. is this is a book that I... I mean, I've got every issue, and I'm definitely going to get, like, the big hardcover they release. Yeah, because it's going to be some fucking goofy-ass cover. I know it is. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome cover. It's going to be awesome back matter content. Mm-hmm. They oh, killed man. it on the subsequent printings and the yeah. variety of covers. There's some really cool yeah, covers. I think I almost, cover gallery. I think I almost have every Do you really? printing. Because yeah. like, they're just so much fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I got like the Spawn one that came out so dope. Uh, like a m- couple weeks ago. Yeah. It's just, you know they're having a good time with all that shit. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, hell yeah. 
and I can't wait to see what the show looks like. I don't like on Amazon. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Pedro Pascal will probably escort a magical <laughs> child across. Yeah, across. Um, Eight billion genies world. A landscape. Yeah. Whatever. I'm here for it. <laughs> I still haven't watched The Last of Us. Same. <sighs> and some of it's filmed in Kansas City too, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, like a majority of it, I think. I can't yeah, believe I haven't it. seen it yet. It's phenomenal. Like legitimately, it's phenomenal. I also never played the video game either. Which is also phenomenal. I'm not good at them, and I've heard it's a hard video game. Eh, you could get through it. Just watch the show, though. The show is like almost beat for beat the game. Oh, perfect. I I remember seeing that they were going to re-release a remastered Last of Us, and I was like, that game's not that old. Like, why are we re- like spending so much effort remastering a thing that just came out, and now it's like a huge show. They're making like gobs of money off of this remaster. And I'm like, okay, I was the idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing I wasn't in like the <laughs> marketing room for that decision. It's like, <laughs> they know what they're doing. <laughs> I'll clear up my desk. <laughs> yeah. All Last these people with is... PS fives yeah. buying you guys should. Last of Us again. You should watch it. I'll check it out. You should. I'm sure it's great. It is. So, He's with telling that, you it is. With that, if there's no more comic book banter to do, we have to bid our friends adieu. Thank you once again for listening to us. Uh, a quick reminder for those local folks, we have that charity event March 25th at Big Rip. Come on by and contribute to a worthwhile charity. Um, if you want more First Issue Club silliness, go to patreon.com backslash First Issue Club. We have gotten quite a few new Patreons in the last uh, couple months, so that's been great to see um, people really liking what we're doing and <laughs> wanting to check out other uh, stuff behind the paywall. So go there and see what they are already enjoying. Can I add that I'm going to be going to the Boulevard Comic Con late night party tomorrow, which will be tonight yeah. if you're listening to the podcast the day it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um so Friday night, I think you have to go by the Boulevard booth and get like a wristband or something. There's only like like I think they're only it's kind of exclusive. They're only letting like three to five hundred people mm-hmm. into that ballroom. Right. Um, Hopefully you get to go, Mike. So, yeah, I'm going to go talk to Adam, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago and see if we can, I can get, I can get into this thing. And uh, go check out the Boulevard crew to see if you can get into. Yeah, and so and if um, you are like three kids who can't get in, um, I suggest maybe standing on each other's shoulders and getting maybe your father's jacket and wearing that in and sneaking in and seeing what a big kid party is all about. Good idea, Greg. We say solid, solid move. A lot of cuss words and do our taxes. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. A lot of cool comic book stuff happening with Planet Comic Con this weekend, which we'll be sharing on our social media and Patreon accounts. Other than that, have a good weekend. Don't forget to bag and board them. Bye. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Licktig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash first issue club. <laughs>